buckle your seatbelt and hold on, where Nashville music scene comes alive, right where you are. You're listening to Notable Nashville Podcast with your host, Groove Dr. J. Don't miss a beat. Hey, what's up? This is Nicknamed Jose. I'm going to play a couple songs for you. everybody thanks for tuning into notable nashville podcast today's guest is nicknamed jose thanks for joining me man thanks for having me dude. yeah thanks for playing that tune dice uh i really like that song it came out a while ago though right yeah it came back came out in like march of or i wrote it in march of 2020 i think it came out in 2021 okay though. yeah so almost the anniversary march yeah it's probably yeah it's been like three years since i've written it it's probably wow. one of my oldest songs really yeah so any story behind it that you can share um embarrassingly enough it's kind of like my quarantine song yeah it was like the first thing that i wrote coming back from belmont in freshman year when we got kicked off campus because of covid and 
I don't call it my quarantine song, but I guess it is. Yeah. Because it was like a, like, what the heck is happening in the world right now? Um, just because I was making so many trips back to, to Nashville. I'm from Virginia, and I was going from Nashville to Virginia like a ton, like getting all my stuff and my gear that was in Nashville at Belmont. Yeah. Are, um, are you from Richmond, Virginia? Yeah. My best friend is actually from there, so that's kind of crazy. Richmond and is he, the coolest. I met him at Belmont, so. No uh, way. But, yeah, he's a he's a pop singer, and um, I guess a lot of good music comes out of Virginia. Richmond has, like, a crazy pop punk scene. That's, like, really? where I came out of. I'm surprised that I don't make, like, pop punk yeah. stuff. But, yeah, Richmond is cool. Yeah. So what? how did you make the move to Nashville? Obviously, to go to school, but what, what made you decide to come here? Um... So I originally wanted to stay in Virginia slash like I was looking at like like VCU, uh, Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond uh, for jazz drums. Uh And I was also looking at Berkeley College of Music. I was just like a big drum guy back then. And I was like, I'm just going to be a session drummer or I don't know. Everybody was like, you're so good at drums. Make that your thing. Yeah. Make that your your like career path and I was like I don't know I guess I'll just do that so I came to Nashville pretty much because my sister was I have a twin sister for context okay and we were looking at colleges at the same time and my mom and my sister were uh they were looking at Vanderbilt University and which is right here obviously and they also toured Belmont before they came back to Richmond and they were like you have to tour like slash go here and then I toured once and kind of fell in love with it and just like Nashville in general and the same day I went to Edley's barbecue with my dad and ran into Judah and the lion oh yeah and I was like I guess it's meant to be so (laughs) yeah they they went to school there when I was there Um, like doing showcases and stuff yeah yeah showcase but that's what got got me to belmont too i toured the campus it's a beautiful campus yeah. it's just like man i would love to go here yeah it's like its own little bubble yeah honestly feels like a theme park for sure in a way <laughs> so do you remember uh the first time i met you um, probably not but it was at the dijon show at the blue was that room the first time yeah because I, I had never met you I before do remember yes but you walked in i was like nicknamed jose and you're like oh wow this doesn't happen very often <laughs> yeah. i was like yeah i like your music like dude yeah i totally remember because the blue room is such a weird like entry sp- space yeah when you walk into the venue because you're right next to the stage you're and you can like, see everybody, everybody coming in and you made eye contact with me and i i walked and i saw you track me down and i walked right in front of you to like go find out where my friends were and you were like just that creepy you dude be like <laughs> no, you're not creepy you're like are you joe's nickname joe's and i was like oh yeah i guess but you were like yeah that doesn't happen very often yeah but do people sweet. do people recognize you like out anywhere um not not, 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 really. not really but not never i guess okay. i feel like i get recognized more often when i'm out for being uh, the drummer for Andy DeRusso, yeah. <laughs> which yeah, is wanted, also I, fun. I wanted to talk about that because yeah, I've seen yeah. you. I've seen you play like multiple shows. Like one was at the Ascent, which is a huge amphitheater yeah. here in Nashville. How was how was like playing big venues like that with her? That one was crazy. Ascent is like, is like way too big to really like wrap your mind around mm-hmm. because it's like you can only see like whoever's in the pit, I guess, because you can see the lights and then. Right. Like for me, especially being a drummer in the back, 
I don't see past like the first two rows pretty much. And it was just a sea of people, but also it was like no light. So it was just like straight back. And people were like, oh yeah, there were like 8,000 people here. And I was like, I would not be able to tell you that. Does that help with like your nerves? Do like, do you get nervous in front of that big of a crowd? I honestly don't get nervous in front of big crowds. I get nervous in front of small, small crowds, crowds. Oh, okay. um, which is good. I feel like, yeah, because it feels like you have to make a, like a personal connection yeah. to them. But yeah, small crowds are, are, they're definitely more fun, but big crowds are, those are, they're crazy. So when you were at Ascend, did you recognize anybody in the first couple rows or was it just kind of, I knew a couple people, um, but that was only because I saw them after, like, because we were sound checking pretty late, like right up into doors uh-huh. because there was like VIP doors for them to like, I think there was like a meet and greet for Heim too. That's who okay. we were opening for. And, um, I remember seeing a couple people come in pretty early, like when we just finished sound check, but I could not see, I could not yes. notice. And I knew that other people were on the lawn and sometime like the lights would be able to go on and I'd you, see like my friends like, oh, on like bigger. with their picnic blanket, but <laughs> That's about it. That's cool. Yeah, dude. So I wanted to bring up another band that, well, you play, well, I wanted to get your backstory on drums. Did you start with drums and then you kind of was picked up guitar and wanted to songwrite or how did that all happen? That's a good question. Um, I started as a pianist. Okay. I started playing piano and I started when I was like, the first time I played piano, I was like three or four years old. And this is a story I tell all the time because I think it's hilarious, but I was obsessed with Pirates of the Caribbean, just the first movie, um, when I was super young. I was probably too young to watch the movie, but <laughs> my dad loved it, and he was like, you have to watch this. And me being three years old was like, okay, cool, pirates, <laughs> boats, and the sea. Yeah. And um, the the like little theme song um, from Pirates of the Caribbean was something that was like stuck in my head. It's like whenever the black pearl is sailing or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I would pick it apart on my family's piano in the living room. And I did it once and I played it by ear and they were like, Holy crap. Like we have to get you in lessons. And, and, and this I, was at three years old, like yeah, three or four. I was like, there's no way I'm doing piano lessons. And then they made me do it. And I'm happy that they did because then I learned theory and all that stuff. But yeah. I started taking piano lessons when I was four um, and then I didn't start playing drums until I was about like eight or nine. And it was something that I like picked up because I got like my first junior drum kit for Christmas that year. And it was like just a super crappy kit and like nothing sounded good. And I only had coordination with my hands and not with my foot or either of my feet, which is also so important for playing drums. Mm-hmm. So I, it was like the, one of the only times in my life that I've quit something and like I quit drums for about two or three years because I was like, I can't get this. And then I, my dad got me this like Tama, like star classic or whatever. And off of like Craigslist or something like that. And it was like my first like big drum kit. And it came with cymbals and all the hardware. And then I was like, all right, I got to learn. And then it was pretty much, I just blacked out at that point, And now I'm here. That's crazy. <laughs> For as far as drums goes. But um, you've been playing pretty much your entire life then. Yeah. Like as, as far it's, as music goes. I've been playing music for 
probably 20 years, yeah. which is crazy. And what, you're 22? 20, yeah, 22, yeah. You so, have to think about that. Yeah, I had to think. <laughs> I thought it was like 2023, and I'm not 23. I'm 22. <laughs> That's the one thing about being an, an 01 baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you also play drums in Venus and the Flat Traps? Yeah, I play drums for them. Uh, we have a show on on Saturday. I'm going Brooklyn to, Bowl. and I'm super excited. I'm stoked. It's with Sweet Samia and yeah. Tommy Lafroy, and they're the best people in the world. And I'm so excited to see all of them again. I kind of fangirled out uh, with Samia at your show because she was there. And I was like, are you Samia? Kind of the same thing yeah. at, at Dijon. And she was like, yeah. I was like, best record of the oh. of, of the year. Oh, uh, yeah. I love it. I love oh, it. yeah. Dude, she's also like the sweetest person of all time, too. And I don't know. I feel like she's a like a good listener. And she, like whenever she's in a conversation, like... People who hear this podcast or whatever will not be able to see my eyes, but she's like, just intently. Yeah, she's intently so listening. intently listening. Yeah, but she's the best. That. So um, I I looked on like YouTube to see if you had any music videos, and you didn't. But I came across like this uh, live session that you did at William and Mary College, which was really cool. Yeah, it was just it, like out in the lawn. Yeah, that was that was uh, recorded at. Um, it was during uh, quarantine, and I was. It was sophomore year of Belmont, um, and it was like this little remote thing that I did. And I went to uh, Edwin Warner Park, or like it was like Percy Priest or something like that. Oh, um, so it was in Nashville. It was in Nashville. Oh, okay. Yeah, I filmed it in Nashville in this big little park field. Yeah, it was really um, cool. Yeah, thanks, dude. That video is so old. That is like kind of a Nardwar-esque <laughs> thing that you just did there, Jordan. <laughs> well, you know, I had to bring it up. But, I, I mean, do you have any music videos that are, like, going to be in the works, or do you plan on putting out any music videos? I hope so. I'm I'm really trying to gear up towards more, like, visual aspect of, of my art, just because I feel like it's so important. Um, right now I'm working with this artist who also makes music. His name is Papa and Bay, and he does some awesome graphic design and some sick animation cool and oh i did a video with um with harry shook harrison shook we did that video for for sore but that's the only thing that i really have oh i must have um, missed it i didn't see that one yeah that one is like that that one is we did like a year ago probably oh, okay and we also did that one in nashville and harry is like the most talented dude ever and has only gotten like even better yeah. since and He's even younger than I am. So That's awesome. He's insane. We did some of the shots there, like in my garage. Really? Like, you should check it out. It's pretty cool. I got to look that up now. Yeah. So, when did you get into producing? Because I know you produce for a lot of different artists. And uh, when when did you kind of hone that craft? Was it at college or was it before? It was. I started to like figure out how to use GarageBand in in high school just for fun, just to, like. It was fascinating to record something and hear playback, um, honestly. And I remember having to record like this little like a song that me and my my friend Gabe made in high school for our Spanish project. And um, it was like a super fun thing that we did. And I was like, oh, this is pretty pretty cool to like make music and like hear it back. And yeah. then I started messing around with GarageBand more. Um, I came to, to Belmont and, um, like once I decided, moved to Belmont, I lived in Pembroke and my roommate, Jake Smith, um, was telling me, he's like, dude, you have to get logic. Like 
you can't be on GarageBand anymore. You're too good to just use GarageBand. And I was like, no, dude, like <laughs> I'm fine. And he was like, no, for real, like do it. And then uh, I ended up getting a, a MacBook Air or something like that um, as like a graduation gift. And I got Logic and Final Cut Pro on it. Nice. And I've just ran with it since. So do people not use Pro Tools anymore? Is it mostly Logic? Everybody I don't use Logic? Pro Tools. Nobody uses Pro Tools anymore. I don't use Pro Tools. <laughs> I think Pro Tools is dumb. <laughs> but It's more complicated for me, I think. I mean, there's a lot of good uses for it. I feel like we'll just bore yeah. bore the, the public the listeners. With, I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I I started like taking production more seriously when I had nothing else to do during COVID. Um, because I already made music and um, like took it from GarageBand to Logic and made my first three singles, which are Mix Ahead and All Right. Um, and I like kind of got pushed into like being an artist, not in a bad way, but I like made music just for myself and Jake and my friend Billy and all of our friends in freshman year were like, dude, you have to put this out. Just do it. Like we love it. Like it'll be fun if you put it out, just do it. And I was like, all right, fine. And then boom, the birth of nickname Joe's, I guess, um, which was super cool. Um, and then during quarantine, I like kind of honed my skills a little bit more. And I started working with like other artists, like, slowly but surely and like learning how to do it like pseudo professionally Mm -hmm. but still learning that's like that entire process of like that season of my life was when i made my first ep which seems so far removed from me right now halcyon um yeah yeah halcyon um but i mean i still love that ep but it sounds like when i first started yeah which is super cool and it sounds exactly like that season that I was in. But that's when I started working with like Venus and Hannah Cole. Hannah Cole, uh, that song Clothes, her first song was also the first song that I really like professionally produced. produced. Oh, okay. Um, and we've been working together ever since. But yeah, I just started working with like a ton of my friends and then I got like gigs doing other stuff and you have anything that you're excited about that's coming out that you can share? I mean, oh yeah, um, there's. I'm working on so much stuff. I'm a little busy man. Yeah. But uh, two things, or honestly, three things that stand out to me, like other than like my own music, of course. But um, there's an, a second Hanacol EP that will probably come out this summer that we've been working on for the past year. Um, there's a Venus and the Flytraps EP that also comes out this spring we're finishing it up right now um and then my friend molly velasquez um doesn't have any music out right now but uh she just wrote the best and most killer songs and has uh, her first record coming out this summer i believe or early fall or awesome something like that What's her name? molly velasquez yeah molly velasquez okay. um she's a gem and we made an album together without meaning to make an album together which was super fun like it's always the best we just got together one day and we're like let's record this song for fun and then it went well and then we did another one and then every single time we both got bored we were like what are you doing right now do you want to do another song (laughs) and then we had nine songs we actually had 10 we had to cut one but we made 10 songs within like like two or three months dang so 
It was crazy. So that's coming out to be to be determined. But to be determined. Looking out for that. Yeah, everything is within the next half a year for sure. <laughs> so I want to talk about some of the festivals that you're playing. Um, are you playing the Outside Lands Festival with the uh, Venus and the Flytraps? Um, I don't maybe. know yet. Maybe not. Maybe maybe not. Okay. Um, but yeah. But a uh, Bright Shade Festival happening here in Nashville, April 29th. Yeah, I'm excited for that. that. And that's going to be your like solo. Yep. You? Okay. It's going to be a, a Joe set little full band set um i'm pumped for that because the lineup is so good and it's got so many of my friends on it and um freaking howdy is on it which is insane howdy Howdy is like one of my favorite bands um so that's definitely cool for a first festival type deal so So if you if you could curate your own festival and pick three headliners to to do it who who would you pick man I feel like the people who I choose to headline like wouldn't be headliners, but um, well, I mean, I think Bon Iver would definitely be one. Oh yeah, he would definitely be a headliner. Um, I obviously love Dijon. I don't think he's like a headliner dude, but one day he probably will. I think headline. he's headlining that thing at Centennial Park. Oh, or maybe he's not headlining. Yeah, no, he's, he's playing it. Not. I think he's playing it with um, it's like Barty Strange and Boy Genius. Yeah. Um, and Claro or something yeah. like that. Are you gonna go to it? Oh, I haven't even gotten a ticket yet because they're pretty pretty expensive. They're pretty but pricey, yeah. I'm trying to get one. I I'm gonna be there. Okay. Some way, there. shape, or form. Cool. I'm gonna get there. Um, and then Frank Ocean. That would be awesome. That'd I feel like sick. I could run this this list forever and ever. <laughs> I would love to see Idols at a festival. I don't know if you know the band yeah, Idols. Yeah, I love they're Idols. Awesome. They're playing the same thing. Oh, they're playing. Dude, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Centennial Centennial Park thing. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that'd be sick. Um, another question for you: You've toured around a lot. What's your favorite city that you've ever uh, been in, like to play a show? Oh man, I feel like all the best shows that I've played with Annie are definitely in in New York and Brooklyn. Um, but it's not it's not my favorite place of all time. I would definitely consider moving there. But uh, Portland is awesome. One time we went. Uh, to this place like 45 minutes outside of Portland I want to say um, it was called Sandy Oregon we stayed in this huge Airbnb because it was Annie's band Caroline Culver was opening the tour that we were playing on and her band was also at the Airbnb and then our friends um, and Daniel Nunnally um, were also out in the road and we all got this huge Airbnb and there were like 17 of us staying there and it was out in the middle of nowhere um, it was so beautiful, and we had a hot tub. So oh. it's a good memory. That sounds. I love Portland that like a good time. and Oregon, and Seattle is awesome too. There's still I haven't made up my final final decision your, yet. Your best but, your best city, but yeah. I mean, are, do you plan on going on any shows with just uh, nickname Joe stuff? I'm hoping to do something this fall. Um, fingers crossed. Um, but. Yeah, if anybody wants to take me out on tour yeah, <laughs> this sure. fall. Um, anybody listening, come on. Yeah, come on. So I want to talk about this new song that you have coming out. I don't know if you have a specific date, but Love Song. Uh, I saw it. I, I went to your show at East Room, and it was incredible. Like, Dude, thank I, you. I was blown away by the show. So Thank you so much. I love the, the headphone vibe, too, when you're just playing. Oh, I had to get my Frank Ocean piece in there. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, I was just doing that because the the little like ears rig thing that I was using... Um, I found it easier just to like plug in headphones to the receiver. Oh, okay. Um, just because I was lazy and 
couldn't figure out the Bluetooth pack. So if anybody <laughs> wants to show me how to do that, that'd be awesome. But um, yeah, thanks for loving love song. Yeah, for sure. I, any, I like that song. Any story you can uh, share behind that song? Um, honestly, at the end of the day, it's like a a song about um, not feeling entirely yourself, and it's called love song, even though. It's if you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of upsetting and sad, but it's more of like a it's not like a hopeless song. It's the the hook of it or like the the end tag is I'm missing parts of me that knew what love's about or that know what love's about. And it's more of like a a thing of like, I know it's in me, but I need to find it again type mm. deal. Um, but yeah, that song comes out May 3rd, I believe. May 3rd. Um, yeah, I'm stoked Looking for it. Looking forward to it. Well, you want to. Grace the listeners with a live performance of it? Yeah, I'd love to. All right, sweet. Let's hear it. Parts of me that knew what 
Thanks for tuning in to Notable Nashville Podcast, broadcast from Acme Radio Live right in the heart of downtown Nashville. Check us out on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And if you like it, you can also support this podcast on Anchor by clicking the link in the platform that you are listening on. Hey, until next time, thanks for listening to Notable Nashville Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Smoker's Abbey. They've got everything you could want. Craft cigars, quality pipe tobacco, a huge liquor and draft beer selection, everything you need to find rest for your soul. Smoker's Abbey has two locations around the Nashville area, one right in the heart of East Nashville and the other over in Gallatin, Tennessee. So what are you waiting for? Head over to Smoker's Abbey today. They're open late. March 20th, Music on the Move Studios is bringing their all-female showcase to the Basement East. Hosted by Erin McClendon and the Hellcats, this celebration of women features Meg Riley, Noelle McFarland, Tegan Stewart, and Erin O'Dowd. Along with an all-female pop-up shop market with local small businesses, it's a showcase of women like no other. Head to thebasementnashville.com to grab your tickets today and use code HELLCAT to get a discount at checkout. 